Welcome. I'm so glad you could be with us. Today is April 15th, 2020, and we are beginning a new series on Christian disciplines. The title for today's lesson is Why Disciplines? We will be reading from 1 Corinthians 9 and Philippians chapter 3. In this session, we will come to understand that Christian disciplines are an important part of our relationship with God because they contribute to the transformation of heart and life and allow us to open ourselves up to an increased capacity to love God and to love others. So let's begin. Our first reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And then Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's look back at the Corinthians passage as we explore some questions together. The first question is this, how is a Christian's life like running a race? For me, a Christian's life is like running a race because we are striving towards a goal. We are striving towards a relationship with God. We have a purpose for what we are doing. Uh, We have a vision for where we are going, just like you would when you're running a race. And just like running a race is not an easy thing, our Christian life, our walk with God is not always an easy thing. There are hills, there are ups and downs, there are times when there's smooth sailing, there are times when it takes every ounce of strength that we have left to keep going. But we press on, just like you press on when you're running a race. There is a goal There is a purpose in mind, and we keep striving for that goal and that purpose. In our Christian faith, that is, uh, that's our relationship with God, Um, and it's not necessarily a goal or a finish line that we cross in this life, but it is one that we cross in the next life as um, as we have that eternal life with our Lord and Savior, that new life with Him. The next question I want us to explore together is this. What kind of training do we do in our Christian life, and why is it important? 
So obviously, we're not running a mile the first week, two miles the second week, working up to the the 20 plus miles that you would need to be averaging for a marathon. That's not the kind of training that we're talking about here. Our training is more focused on our relationship with God and where we're at in our relationship with God. And so when I think of training, I think in my Christian life, I'm thinking of reading scripture. I'm thinking of my prayer life. I'm thinking of um, practicing generosity. I'm thinking of um, seeking out times of solitude with the Lord, times to allow the Lord to speak to me. All those things make up what comes to mind for me when I think of training. And the training is important because all those things draw me closer to God, draw me closer to Him in my relationship, make me ever more in His image, create new life in me, help me shed away the, the old self, the, the dead parts of myself, and allow the life and the light of Christ to take root in my life ever more and to produce fruit um, makes me a part of his kingdom in everything that I do in life. That's why that training is important. Um, and the training is not something that, you know, you, you do training at the beginning and then you go run the race. But in our Christian life, in our Christian faith, this training is something that we do all the time. That's why we typically talk about it not as training, but as a discipline, because it is an ongoing, constant thing. Whereas training is something you do to prepare at the beginning, and a discipline is something is a habit that you make, and it's a part of who you are. The next question I want us to look at is this. Why is discipline important for our Christian growth? So again, discipline is important to our Christian growth because it becomes this daily part of who we are as we are daily reading scripture, as we are daily praying, as we are daily seeking out that time and working on our relationship with God on a daily basis, that discipline is important because it opens the doors for us to grow in our relationship with Christ. Because we are allowing Him to speak into us and show us His way and show us His life and the things that He wants us to be a part of, not the things that we are wanting to be a part of and the things that we are wanting to do but to be a part of his kingdom. And that's why it is so important for us. The next question is this. I want you to take a moment to think about it. What makes discipline, what makes Christian discipline so difficult for your life? Another way to ask this is, what are the things holding you back from practicing 
Christian disciplines? What are things holding you back from regularly reading your Bible? What are the things holding you back from a regular prayer time? What are the things holding you back from that alone, quiet time with the Lord where you just listen to His voice? For me, those things are the busyness of life. And and it's not even that the busyness of life has a bunch of bad things in it. Um, The busyness of life is me taking care of my kids. That's a good thing. That's a that's a God-given gift right there. It's not a bad thing, but it eats up a lot of my time. Being making time for my wife. Again, that a marriage God-given. It's a good thing. I shouldn't be neglecting either one of those things, but it consumes a large portion of my time. The church, the church is the body of Christ, and yet it consumes a large portion of my time. Um, And so it's not like the busyness is all just like TV and and cell phones and wasting all this time doing nothing. There are good things that make up the busyness of our lives. And there are things that we, we can't necessarily neglect but it, it it takes that busyness of life is one of the biggest hurdles for me. And I have a feeling for a lot of us to overcome in making these disciplines a daily part of our life. In making God a priority in our lives. It all, Whenever we talk about this topic, it always makes me think of the story of the professor who who takes a glass jar and he fills it with large rocks and he asks his class, is this jar full? And they say yes. And then he pours in some smaller rocks and it filters in around the big ones. And he goes, is it full? And they go, yeah, it's full. And then he takes sand and he pours the sand in and it filters down in there. And then he goes, is it full now? And now the class isn't so sure. And so then he takes um, a a pitcher of water and fills the whole thing up with water. And he goes, is it full now? And finally someone says, well, yeah, I think so. I don't see how you could possibly fit anything else in there. And the professor goes, you're correct. It It is now completely full. I can't fit anything else in there without spilling something out. So what would the lesson be here? And one of the students raises their hands and says, I guess the lesson is you can always fit a little bit more in. And the professor says, no, the lesson is, unless you put the big rocks in first, you will never get them in. And that's one of those things that I think about whenever I'm thinking about my relationship with God and my daily practices for growing that relationship with him. Unless I make it a priority and put it into my life, I'm never going to find the time or find the space to fit it in. And I'd like to say that I'm really good at making sure that 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 rock that is time with the Lord 
is always there first. But I have to say that the difficulty for my life is that I, I often don't put it in first and I can't find room to put it in. And maybe that's the case for you too. And maybe as we are going through this series together, that can be something that we work on um, as we're discussing and talking about Christian disciplines is how do we make that a daily habit of putting in Christ first in our lives? And I don't know if there's an easy answer to that, um, the whole idea of disciplines is that they are not easy things. That's why they're disciplines. They're things that we we have to make into a habit in our lives. They don't come naturally or easy to us. Um, but maybe that's something that we can be working on. Uh, because I do believe with all my heart that it is a worthwhile pursuit. Let's jump over now to the Philippians passage, and we have some more questions from that passage. The first one is this. Why hasn't Paul arrived at his goal, and what is his goal? So in this passage, we see that Paul is talking about pressing on towards the goal, Um, but he makes it clear that he has not obtained all this and that he has not arrived at his goal yet. And so, what is Paul's goal? Well, I think Paul's goal would be that, that everlasting life with Christ. Um, I think Paul's goal would be heaven. Um, not in the terms of uh, I'm just trying to make it to heaven, but in the terms of being with God, being in the the creation, being in God's creation, being holy with God, 100%. No more separation, no more distance, no more brokenness, no more sin. What it, what it talks about in the book of Revelation where there is a new heaven and a new earth and we are with our creator the way it was supposed to be. Back before humanity sinned and fell in the garden where man and God walked together and everything was good. I think that's the goal that Paul has in mind. And I think that's what he's pushing on towards. And I think Paul understands that it's not a goal that he is going to reach in this lifetime. Or that any of us reach in this lifetime. Because we're broken. But God is redeeming that. And God is redeeming us. And so we press on towards that goal that is realized in the new heaven and the new earth but it's something that we are working towards even now. Even now we are working to bring about God's kingdom in our lives and in the lives of those around us. The next question is this. Why forget what's behind and strain towards what is ahead? Paul really 
Paul uses imagery like this in other places um, where he talks about putting off our old self and putting on our new self. Um, and I, I think that's what Paul's talking about here too. Forgetting what's behind, straining towards what is ahead. Our life of sin, our life of death, our life of living the way that we want to, being our own gods, calling our own shots, and straining towards the kingdom of heaven. Straining towards our relationship with Christ and the new life that he is doing in us. That new creation that he is doing in us. That redemption and salvation that he has brought us. Not dwelling on the past. Not dwelling on our mistakes. Not dwelling in the sin and in the death that haunts us. But straining on towards the kingdom of heaven. And making that our focus. Making God our focus. And not our own selfishness. The last question is this, what does press toward the goal mean? When Paul's talking in this passage and he says, but I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? For me, I think it means that Paul is focusing on God's kingdom. That he's pressing on. I think it also talk I think it also really hits on the the fact that this is not an easy goal to be moving towards. Paul did not have an easy life. Paul faces a lot of hardships. He's in jail all the time. He's getting beaten all the time. And he's ultimately gonna give his life for this faith. And our relationship with Christ isn't something that we do because we think oh, we're going to have an easy, blessed life. Jesus does not promise that. He promises hardship. He promises that people are going to hate us for it. But we press on because we know that it is life. We know that it is what we need we know that it is what we are, we are it is where we are supposed to be god is redeeming us god has saved us from a life of sin and death and brought us a new life and so we're going to press on towards him we're going to press on towards his kingdom in everything that we do in everything that we say in all our relationships with those around us we are going to press on and try to live as kingdom people because it is the best thing that we have ever encountered in our lives. And so we press on towards that goal. We press on towards our relationship with Christ. Because he bled and he died and he rose again to bring us salvation. And it is, it just blows my mind what God has done for us. And so we press on towards his kingdom. Because we see the light, and the life of Christ. And we know that's how, that is where we belong.
So why discipline? Because we need Jesus. Because we need him to show us the way. Because if we're not moving closer to God in our relationship, then we're moving away from him. We need to be seeking him out on a daily basis. We need these patterns engraved into our lives so that we can draw closer to God in everything that we do. So we can press on towards his kingdom even now. So that we can live lives focused on him. Over the next six weeks, we will discuss disciplines of the faith. We will talk about reading scripture. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about staying connected. We're going to talk about fasting. We're going to talk about generosity. We're also going to talk about receiving. What is one thing you would like to see happen with your walk with God during this study? Be thinking about that and be praying about that this week. Let me close with a word of prayer. Lord, we recognize that it is so easy to get caught up in the busyness of life, in the craziness of this world, trying to survive, trying to make sense of everything going on. And yet that none of that is where our hope lies, Lord. Our hope lies in you. Our life lies in you, Lord. As we are working together and reading your word and talking about these disciplines, Lord, help us to make them patterns in our lives. Help us to make the pattern of seeking you out on a daily basis an important priority, the first in priority in our daily schedule, Lord. Because it is in you that we find our hope and we find life. We love you, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Go in his grace and peace, and know that you are loved. I'll see you next week.